bad. What are the long box guys going to do tonight, Brain? The same thing the long box guys do every night, Pinky. Drink and talk about comics. They're useless to taking over the world. Yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys. With me, as always, are some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. LT, how you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing all right. I'm drinking some old smoky peanut butter whiskey. It's helping to keep the coughs away. That's right. Uh, two of the long box guys at the moment have COVID. LT's one. Mike is the other. How you doing, buddy? What are you drinking over there? Uh, I'm going to brag and say I'm drinking some beer. A&W root beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it almost counts. Josh, how about you? What are you drinking tonight, buddy? And how are you? I'm doing good. I did a beer swap with somebody who gave me a thing called Jersey Girl Brewing, which I assume is in New Jersey, but I didn't check because I was afraid. And it is called Sun Kissed Citra, and this is the very first time I'm about to have it. Ooh. It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. So it's exactly what you expect from a Jersey girl. You're not going to... It's just number two. This will be beer number two. I mean, this is pretty close to a drain pour. Yeah, that's a bad beer. Okay. I've only seen you throw so one other beer. Three out of four of us are name. not I having a good time tonight. Yeah. I'm not going to say what's the name of the beer I think it is because I always get it wrong and you always correct me. Uh, but it's, I've only seen you toss two down the drain as being that bad. I mean, I've seen you down a PBR, you know. Cause just because it's a beer. Yeah, PBR is PBR. So see, the thing about those beers is they don't have the strong, awful taste, right? PBR is just like, meh, it's like bad tap water. You're just drinking water out of Flint, Michigan. It's not, you know. But these beers, they try to put a lot of flavor into them, and they do a really bad job. Yeah, it's like a shit muffin. Like a little <laughs> shit in a muffin. A yeah. shit muffin. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about Wait, I didn't get a good... (laughs) You did not get a good segue. And last time I tried to give you a segue, and you fucked it up anyway. I know. No segue tonight for me. Uh You know who doesn't have segues? Patriotic heroes. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of patriotic heroes, I was actually... I I was trying to say, we're actually recording this on Memorial Day. Memorial Day is the time to remember our forgotten heroes, our heroes who didn't make it home. And uh, today we're going to be talking about patriotic heroes, not only from the United States, but from other countries. Uh, Mike, what? I, I screwed this assignment royally then. Well, no, it's from any country. We said yeah, no, I said not only from this country, but from other countries. Oh, yeah, I know. But when do you hear who my first pick is? Well, maybe go with your second pick then if you're going to think it's going to be that bad, man. Come on. Um, All right. Wait, is it? So we go with my second pick. Uh, I'm going to tell you to try someone else. My second pick is going to be from China, the collective man who is actually. Oh, you fucker drink. Oh, yeah. That was my number one. Damn it. I'll hear you most of the time, but I need a beer. I can't drink that stuff. Yeah. Collective (laughs) man. He is actually four or five. Is it four quintuplets? Yeah, quintuplets. Yeah. Uh, so he is five men who form – they're mutants from China who form into one man, the collective man. So he has the strength of five men and the, you know, the increased reaction time, etc. They also have a psychic link with each other so they can teleport – to one another. Uh, but the coolest power is they can tap into the psyche of the nation of China. Uh, how many people in the nation of China, Mike? Uh, over a billion. <laughs> uh, which is an awful lot of people. And they can tap into them and draw strength from everyone in China, uh, which they have done to knock up piss out of people. Uh, They they first appeared in the incredible 
Hulk Volume 2, number 250, uh, where they fucking punched the Hulk with all the force of every person in China. Everybody in China passed out. Everyone, I love that part of it. Everyone in China passes the fuck out so he can punch the Hulk with the force of every son of a bitch in China. Yeah, which is great, except for all those people who, you know, like driving, flying a plane, trains, (laughs) automobiles, Uh, scooters. How many scooter crashes? Oh, my God. He was 4% weaker after that punch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. That's dark. Dark, but probably accurate. Uh, Yeah, so I, I like Collective Man. He is part of the People's Defense Force. Um, a team over there in China. He has made several appearances. He was in Contest of the Champions, uh, where he kicked Sasquatch's ass. Uh, so, yeah, Collective Man. That, that's a great one. Uh, one other thing I want to say about Collective Man, maybe two other things. Uh, he can manifest his power in one other way also. Uh, he's also able to absorb... Uh, clones and duplicates of himself that he makes from absorbing powers until he becomes a giant kaiju. Uh, he's manifested his power only a couple of times, uh, but he can grow like super big uh, when he's doing that kaiju thing. Uh, and that's pretty cool. Also, that is a cool power. Uh, he was, they, they call it a, a kaiju big enough to span a continent, which by the way, if that was true, would have killed a lot of people. <laughs> Just the, footprint a lot of people so i don't want to get into that um and also i like how it's kind of based a little bit on an old chinese folktale about the five brothers you i don't know if you guys remember that from grade school or whatever but there were these five brothers each had a different superpower one could drink the ocean one couldn't be hung one was immune to fire and uh the government was trying to kill them uh in these different ways and they would just send the different brother who had the immunity to it so it kind of reminds me of that old Chinese folktale. So, Collective Man, you're absolutely right. That's a great uh, patriotic hero. Good job, Mike. Who you got there, LT? Uh, so I'm going to go with my second pick, since Mike started with his second pick. I'm going to go with Judge Dredd. So even though it's not not a country but a megacity, he is very patriotic towards his megacity. He's devoted to service to it. So I think it qualifies. Uh, Judge Dredd, of course, you know, first appearance 1977 and 2000 AD number two. Uh, you know, no superpowers per se, but he does have a lot of specialized equipment, which helps him do his job, like the peacekeeper, his specialized motorcycle. And, of course, Judge Dredd is there to enforce the laws of Mega City 1. Uh, you know, character devoted to the law. That's what I would have thought of LT, but that's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. He is the uh, law, after all. He is the law. Josh, what do you got for your number one or two? My one's kind of a combo. So it's sort of uh, the head and the fist. Uh, I am going to go with the combination of Amanda Waller and Rick Flagg. Huh, okay. As a, as a one-two patriotic punch of sort of... Uh, the overtly patriotic uh, uh, leanings of Rick Flagg and then the sort of covert sort of but ultimately dedicated to a institution of Amanda Waller and uh, her sort of uh, pointing the resources she has to uh, to help her country. Very patriotic. Yeah, patriotic in a, in a psychotic way. Yeah. In her own way. <coughs> yeah, in her own way. I mean, she's so patriotic to the point where she believes that rules don't apply to her as long as the U.S. remains number one. Yeah. She's yeah, uh, patriotism taken to an extreme, which is... Nationalism. Yeah. Which we'll talk about on my number one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I get a pretty good guess. I get a pretty good guess. Um, mine is a lot more wholesome than any of your picks so far. Uh, I love Liberty Bell. Uh, Liberty Bell is uh, kind of a more of a – she's not exactly a Golden Age character because 
She's just kind of retrofitted to be a Golden Age character, though you can go back, of course, to Charlton Comics, uh, where Liberty Bell first appeared, so that's kind of gold. Is that considered Golden Age, Mike? No. No, it's not, but she's, she has that Golden Age feel. Would you agree with that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. She does. I mean, she really does, I think. <clears throat> so Libby, uh, Libby, I can't remember her last name. You remember Lawrence? her last name? Libby Lawrence. Let's say Lawrence. It's fine. Uh, she gets her power from a small replica of the Liberty Bell, and also her powers increase if someone rings the Liberty Bell. So no matter where she is, so if she's fighting Hitler, like someone can make the call, like Liberty Bell is fighting Hitler in Germany right now. Someone ring the bell. And someone runs up and rings the bell. She gets slightly more powerful and slightly more awesome, which I think is really cool. Uh, she also found a new power uh, when Baron Blood tried to take the Liberty Bell pin off of her that uh, gave her that connection. Uh, she was able to use a, uh, a psionic, uh, not psionic, sorry, sonic shockwave that the Liberty Bell uh, possesses uh, against him. And she's just a, a very patriotic, very fun character, very much a throwback to, uh, and they admit this in some of the, some of the write-ups of her that she's a little bit like the old Miss Marvel, uh, which is not, you know, you got to go all the way back to, you know, Miss Liberty, Miss Marvel. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I said Miss Marvel. I meant Miss Liberty. Uh, do you remember the Miss Liberty character? Yeah, she was a Revolutionary right War character from right. DC Comics. So that was uh, is kind of a, a little bit of the foundations on that. So uh, yeah, Liberty Bell, one of my favorites of all time. Always like seeing her, and I like the hokey. Bring the Liberty Bell, I get more powerful. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, if you're a fan of Liberty Bell, there's two series that you should really check out. First, Roy Thomas's All Star Squadron. Liberty Bell is the leader of the All Star Squadron for most of the run, um, and it's phenomenal. And then the JSA—that's the uh, Libby's daughter who uh, takes over the mantle of Liberty Bell. Uh, but both those are great series, especially the JSA by Jeff Johns, but. Yeah, Roy Thomas just loves Golden Age characters. I love the All-Star Squadron uh, run, especially for the dumbest of all reasons. Superman said the dirtiest thing I think I ever saw Superman say in that. Do you remember what it was? No. Hey, I love the name of your team. Just be really careful how you annotate it. You can't use your initials, guys. And someone was like, what? Like, All-Star Squadron. You can't use your initials like the JSA can. And so I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, think about it. It's like the dirtiest thing I'd, seen, I'd ever seen in a comic book at the time. I'm losing my mind laughing about it, but it's true. They will yeah. never be the ASS. <laughs> no matter how they draw that character. <laughs> uh, that was, yeah, I love that. I haven't read that I thank you for saying that, Mike, because I haven't read that run in decades. Do you have it? I have the entire run. And yeah, if yeah. you do want to collect it, you'll find that one of those comics is very expensive because and it's... I don't want to borrow it. <laughs> do you have the, the bound? No. But it's no. all on uh, DC. Uh, if you have the DC app, you can read them all for free. I'll, I'll, I'll do the DC app again. I'm, just, I'm still mad at the DCF for not having all the old war comics, which they should. They just were lazy and didn't put them all up. I love those old comics. But I digest. Mike, what's your next one? Uh, for my next one, I'm going to go with, uh, I'd say, my number three pick for this one. Uh, like, we've already done Patriotic Heroes for the U.S. before. But this one, I think, slipped my mind when we talked about it. So I want to go back. This is the only one uh, from the U.S. that I'm going to talk about today. And that is from the Bwahaha Justice League. I'm talking about General Glory, who is a parody of Captain America. In this story, the storyline, General Glory is an 80-year-old World War II veteran. Um, and if he says the magical phrase, he becomes General Glory, the spirit of the U.S. But he can't remember what the phrase is because he's so old. And Guy Gardner 
and him get into a bidding war on a comic book because Guy Gardner was a huge General Glory fan. And, you know, he Guy Gardner takes joy in beating this old guy out for the comic book. So the old guy's like, look, just let me read the comic book. Here, I'll give you money to read it. And when he reads it out loud, he becomes General Glory, Guy Gardner's hero. Uh, he spends most every episode talking in long soliloquies while the rest of the battle is going on. So he's not actually participating in the fights. He had a sidekick when he was during world war two in this continuity called Ernie, the battling boy who has grown up old and bitter uh, <laughs> that, you know, why would you take a child into a war zone? And, uh, I thought you would like this pick because his other sidekick is Liberty the dog, uh, who is an American bulldog and is just ah. freaking adorable. So General Glory, a, uh, he's a throwback. They, he actually had a very fairly cool storyline where he passed on the mantle of General Glory to a police officer who was wounded fighting uh, some uh, people, and uh, he he gives him the power of General Glory, so that way he can uh, uh, continue on the mantle because General Glory is just too old to continue to do it. It's a nice storyline too. So uh, if you get a chance to read that, it's um, I don't even remember what series that's in. It's definitely the Justice League International, but somewhere uh, around issues forty. Uh, issue 70 somewhere around there awesome all right i like that uh, that John, is that is general Sorry. glory in all his glory behind josh thank you josh no problem tommy what do you got next all right my number one pick is captain britain brian braddock uh as captain britain uh you know, nothing epitomizes patriotism like Captain Britain. Uh, you know, in the Secret Invasion, he gave up his life saving magic for England because England had the magic for the world that the Skrulls were trying to take over in the uh, the Peach Serralis. Uh, I can't even say it. Um, anyway. Siege uh, Perilous. And he was trying to get to you. Siege Perilous, that that he was trying to defend. The Skrull sent a missile. He gave up his life defending it uh, by intercepting that missile. And, of course, he was brought back by magic a couple of issues later, um, naturally. But, you know, just goes to show that he was willing to give up his life for Britain and for, uh, for the cause. And he's just always been there for Great Britain. Um, and he's just a, he's always been a great character. He's, he's a flawed character in many, many ways and, uh, very human as many of the Marvel characters are. Um, so he's, he's my number one pick. I never liked Captain Britain for some reason. You are wrong, sir. I just, yeah. uh, you know, he Why? Doesn't, what, what I, don't I, you like about him? I don't know. He never, it's cause he, he beat arcade him. in his first appearance. Uh, well, that might be part of it. That's I, it. Know, uh, it's the great, the great feud between Arcade and Captain Britain, and by feud I mean Captain Britain be defeating him. Captain Britain, I, 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 I think I like Captain I mean, Britain, I but I like his original costume better like, than his uh, his more famous costume. Yeah, I can understand you not liking him because it wasn't terribly good to Megan in in the Excalibur run, but. Well, it was where I was introduced to him, so that might be it. You're right. But uh, but I think that just goes to show you what a flawed character he is. He was you trying to hold right? a team together, you know, in his first time in leadership. And it just kind of showed that he wasn't a very good leader. Uh, he just never no. hooked me all that much. And I like the look sometimes, and I like a lot of it. I, I just don't know why he didn't get me. Just, I'm just saying that this guy didn't get me. I didn't get him. He didn't yep. get me. Josh, what do you got for your next one? 
Uh, now I'm kind of uh, on the cartoon ride here a little bit. I'm off a little bit, but um, I will. And I, it's a kind of a combo, but mostly I'm going to say um, again, Miss Martian. So first of all, while most probably Americans looking at the JLA don't understand that Martian's actually where she's from, since it's not a common thing. Uh, in uh, in a lot of the Young Justice, she does. Um, put a lot of her effort into sort of taking care of the sort of the racist class system on Mars. So I, I feel like she fights for her own world, uh, but uh, her, both her and uh, um, Martian Manhunter sort of fly, fly their, uh, their Martian flags here on, uh, here on Earth. I'll go with that. And I always like that character. She's fun. She's quirky. She's yeah. neat. She's got a cool power set. The nothing about too. the nothing about this character I don't like. Good job, Josh. Unlike LT. <laughs> it's fair. That's fair. Uh, my number two is another great patriotic character. I'm sure we talked about him in the past because I really like going back and talking about him. And that is uh, Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam, whose power derives from the patriotism of the United States itself. The more patriotic we're feeling, the better we're all feeling about America, the stronger Uncle Sam is, and that's kind of cool. He's been a superhero here in the United States since 1776, since the United States was created. He's the entity, the spirit of America. Currently working at Starbucks. Currently working at Starbucks. No powers whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, And he's also been able to split himself into two different Americas at times. Um, during the Civil War, he was uh, Billy Yank and Johnny Reb, and he had to actually fight himself for the spirit of America, which I thought was kind of a fun storyline. I also like that Uncle Sam sometimes is less powerful because sometimes we here in America, we're less powerful. We're not as united as we should be, and we don't have that common causation, that common cause to rally behind sometimes, and that causes our our essence to be depleted. And I think this is a good visual representation of some of the ills that America goes through sometimes, but it's also our power. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent and I'll talk about that later, but I really do like the character. I've always enjoyed uncle Sam whenever he shows up. Mike, you're up next. Wow. That's a perfect segue for my character because he is uh, pretty much the exact same as Uncle Sam. I want to talk about Captain Nazi. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, no, he is not patriotic because Nazism isn't a country. Ah, uh, he was very patriotic to Germany. He was Germany's well, was primary uh, hero. That's nationalism. And if Nazis were in another country, he would have been that country's patriot. But okay. I mean, he he was all about Germany for a good five or six years. At least okay. five, six years. Yeah. yeah. They had a good run. That's yeah. a good run. Yeah. I can't take that. I wanted to go a little outside the box and talk about a villain that is actually patriotic. And, uh, you know, I could have gone with Nuke or somebody like that. But I thought it would be good to bring up uh, this character who is literally from World War II. Uh, that's when he was created. He first appeared in Master Comics number 21 back in 1941. He was an enemy of both Bullet Man and Captain Marvel, but ended up becoming the primary villain for Captain Marvel Jr. Because in his origin story, well, not his origin story, Captain Marvel Jr.'s origin story. Uh, Freddie Freeman and his grandfather are fishing on a boat, and Captain Marvel has a battle with Captain Nazi, knocks him into, uh, sends him flying, knocks him into a lake. Freddie Freeman and his grandfather pull him out and save him, and to reward them, he kills the grandfather and cripples Freddie Freeman. Um, and Captain Marvel feeling so bad that he inadvertently caused all this misery bestows part of his power to Freddie Freeman uh, as Captain Marvel Jr. And uh, 
Captain Nazi was one of the main villains. He was part of the Masters Society of Evil along with Hitler in the uh, 1940s and then makes a comeback in The Power of Shazam where Jerry Ordway and Roy Thomas, they really do a good job of reviving this despicable character. And even when it seems like Captain Nazi's dead, he always comes back because he is the spirit of Nazism. And as long as there are uh, Nazis, he will continue to exist. So he is impossible to kill no matter how many times people have tried to kill him. Uh, I, I thought I'd take a look at a different kind of view, and uh, I got the assignment wrong. I'm not going to lie. I got the assignment wrong. Well, once again, I don't think Nazism is a... Uh, a country, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I get that. I, I, my, my next one is uh, uh, is, is going to be villains too. So we got that coming up. LJ, what do you got next? Uh, well, since we're going on a different different sort of terror right now, I'm going to bring up a sort of a, a, a lovable person from the other side, the Red Guardian. Drink. I'm surprised this is not on your list, Tom. It is. I'm drinking. Oh. I was just looking something up for my next thing. So the Red Guardian, uh, of course, from from Russia. Uh, He's a mutant hero. Uh, He's leader of the Winter Guard. He's the equivalent of Captain America, but on the Russian side of things. Uh, Appears in the Black Widow movie as uh, as Natasha Romanoff's sort of uh, adopted father, if you will, even though she doesn't really view him that way. Um, lovable character in that, uh, even though he is a, a Russian uh, in the Cold War. So, Aren't they all? <laughs> uh, I didn't enjoy this character mm-hmm. until the movie, uh, and then I was all in. I'm like, yeah, this guy's... I love this guy. Uh, I just like the way he was portrayed in the movie. And then I went back and read some of the uh, the old Red Guardian stuff, and I just think he's cool as hell. I like this character a lot. So good job, LT. Out of the ballpark, good one. Josh, I'm a little worried that our next one's going to intertwine too because I know you like the characters I'm going to bring up next. So go ahead. What's your next? Uh, I was actually going to tertiarily uh, dance on the uh, Winter Guard table because uh, I feel like, Probably this character from Winter Guard got more ink than than Red Guardian. Crimson Dynamo uh, through Armor Wars and Iron Man yeah. probably saw a lot more action, a lot more pages. And I felt he was – I mean I understand they had the Winter Guard as a team. But we also – a lot of times we saw Crimson Dynamo just on his own sort of doing his thing in the uh, in the Russian Red Armor. And I always uh, enjoyed his uh, his time in the Armor Wars. So I was going to go with Crimson yeah. Dynamo. I was going to mention Red Guardian yeah. only because of the film. But – uh, in comics, I don't honestly. I don't remember reading anything where Red Guardian really did anything in the comics, but I always remember Crimson Dynamo. So the reason I didn't choose Crimson Dynamo is that in several of the Iron Man books, uh, that was Crimson Dynamo defected uh, and worked with Tony Stark in several of the books. So that's why I wasn't really. Doesn't mean you don't love your country. It's true. It's true. Don't like the so. people who lead it sometimes, which I think we all encounter. Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, you know Captain America uh, uh, many, many times take on the mantle of Nomad or fight against the country itself when he, he thought it was unjust. So can't have a better example than that. Yep. Speaking of uh, supervillains, though, and patriotism, let's talk about Freedom Force. Joss, I know you loved when Freedom Force first came out. Uh, that's the Crimson Commando, Stonewall, Super Saber. Uh, is there one more? Nope, that's it. That's it? <laughs> well, and then, of course, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Uh, but they fought during World War II <laughs> against Nazis, and uh, they were quite effective. And they were patriotic. They were all about the country. They saw um, 
villains and criminals as destroying the country, so they would uh, hunt them down on their private hunting lodge. All right. Not exactly patriotic. (laughs) But they were at the end of their superhero. They, They were older superheroes, and they were having a harder time being effective as superheroes. So, yeah. I like that. I like those characters, and I like that even though they were doing evil at the time, they did consider themselves patriots. I mean, I like right. the characters. I always liked those three as a team. Yeah, I like Stonewall's that. Cool. <laughs> like you don't. There's not a lot of times in comics where you find there's uh, elderly adversaries. I'll say, um, or just older people who are sort of like in the decline of their power. But it's um, they always gave people a tough time because they were a good team. They had powers that complement each other. They were they've been working together for you know forty years or fifty years, and yeah, I always liked them. Yeah, it was it was a cool team, and uh, they, they did have cool powers. Mikey, what do you got next? <laughs> uh, we're going into honorable mentions now, uh, so. Uh, I've got two honorable mentions. The first one is my version of uh, Captain Britain. I'm going to go with Union Jack, uh, who okay. first appeared in Invaders number seven. Oh, uh, drink Union Jack. Yeah, I always thought he had a cool costume. He is the Captain America of uh, Great Britain. Um, he has been a number of different men. If you are, you know, if you read the, the all Roy Thomas's invaders, you know, he is, uh, he's just awesome. He's been at a constant war against, uh, brother blood, not brother blood, uh, Baron blood, excuse me. Brother blood's a different guy. Um, him and his sister spitfire. Uh, they've always been awesome. So, yeah, big fan of Union Jack. And then my other honorable mention was Canada's greatest superhero, the Guardian, a.k.a. Right. Vindicator. Oh. <laughs> Guy's got a fucking maple leaf right on his goddamn uniform. It doesn't okay. get any more patriotic than that. He, right. he bleeds maple syrup. Not really, but anyway, uh, he's uh, Marvel Comics uh, first appearing in X-Men 109, created by Chris Claremont and John Byrne. John Byrne actually created this character when he was a kid (laughs) growing up in Canada and had been waiting to use him when he uh, told the editors at Marvel. He's like, hey, I got this great character. It's called The Guardian. And they're like, "Mm, now change the name to something else. So he was a vindicator for a while, but when John Byrne took over uh, Alpha Flight and got his own, was like, no, uh, I'm John motherfucking Byrne now. He's the Guardian. So I was trying to, so in my head, like when I was thinking of the patriotic characters, I was like, oh, Guardian from Alpha Flight, he makes sense. And then I was like, wait a minute. Didn't the Canadian government force him into the suit? But no, no, it was, they were going to, they were going to sell the suit. They were going to steal the suit. They were going to steal the suit, and he negotiated to become Canada's Guardian. And and then I was like, well, what about the rest of Alpha Flight? I'm like, if you kind of look at the roster, you're like, those are all disenfranchised people in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Snowbird, Sasquatch. A little bit, right? Like, everyone else is like, yeah, we live here. We live here. Yeah. (laughs) I like this continent. But, yeah. Good pick. Those were my honorable mentions. <laughs> All right, uh, LT, got any honorable mentions for us? Uh, sure. Jack of Hearts, Agent Carter. Fuck off! Who's he American patriotic made. for? Uh, you know, he was patriotic for his planet Contraxia. He gave his life by, by going into a sun and rejuvenating a sun for his planet. Planet Contraxia sounds like something that happens to a woman who's having trouble during labor. Fuck off. Planet Contraxia. New Haven's own Jack of Hearts. You just can't stand a local superhero from Mikey's 
close to hometown. Yeah, local boy done good. Local boy does good. <laughs> half alien, half human. You don't like him. Keep your prejudices at the door. <laughs> I, I, American Made is a good pick, though. I was trying yeah, to come American up Made with an, an independent comic book character, and I just couldn't come up with one. So kudos to you, LT. Clap, 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 clap. Josh, any uh, honorable mentions? I only have one honorable mention that wasn't honorably mentioned by somebody else who is mentioning honorable mentions, and that is Iron Patriot. No, I like Iron Patriot, sure. Yeah, it's Rhodes. He's doing his thing. He's got a suit. Every time I watch all the modern Marvel movies, I'm like, why does he just give fucking suits to everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't... That's kind of what Ultron was. I thought he was War Machine. Wasn't Iron Patriot... Uh, yeah, Iron Patriot was a hammer. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I fucked that up. No, I that. <laughs> Norman Osborn. I think it was Norman Osborn. It was Norman Osborn? Really? Was Iron Patriot. No, 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 no. Iron Patriot was... It was Hammer. It was Hammer, yeah. It was Hammer. Josh, I want you to dis- settle this dispute. I think we're both right. Uh... uh... I assure yes. you. It is Hammer Technology, but you're both right. Uh, oh. In the comics, it is Norman Osborn in in the suit, uh, but also Hammer. Okay. So what time is it? Hammer what time. time is it? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go with Boris Lubov. You guys remember Boris Lubov? <laughs> That's your weekend, Boris Lubov. Yeah, it is. Uh, Hammer and Sickle. You guys remember Hammer and Sickle? I do remember Hammer and Sickle. They were bad guys, uh, but they were very patriotic. Uh, Hammer is Boris Lubov. Sickle was his um, uh, kind of a sidekick. Uh, And uh, they could, um, they they had the power of Russia on their side. Uh, uh, When uh, Boris and uh, when Hammer and Sickle came together, uh, they had this like energy weapon that they could fire when they like cross the weapons together. Uh, they were just very Russian patriotic, and it was kind of fun to see that they were all about Russia, you know, and, and the you know being patriotic about Russia, which I thought was kind of cool. I uh, also want to go with um, Miss Liberty, uh, another throwback, and uh, yeah, that's about that. No other. Uh, no other honorable mentions? I guess that'll bring us to the front of the long box. What do you got, Mikey? Oh, that's a great question. At the front of the long box, I have been reading the Justice League. I read a ton of Justice League over the last week, uh, starting with the new 52 all the way through. Uh, I got to say the uh, Jaro, the Starro character, has become one of my favorite uh, characters just in the uh, the Scott Snyder run, but uh, if you want to read some really great Justice League, just go back and read the Bwahaha Justice League, the Justice League International. It for a lot of people that was their Justice League. It was right after Crisis on Infinite Earths. They did not. They were rebooting Superman. They were rebooting Wonder Woman. Uh, they just took, uh, the Batman was the straight man of, uh, of the group along with Martian Manhunter, but everybody else was just comedy and it is, it's just a super fun read. So, okay, so I searched Jaro and, uh, Christ, he's fucking adorable in the Robin costume. So cute. So oh, cute. he's so adorable. <laughs> Jaro is the best Robin. I would let him Sorry, him. Damien. Just get on there, Jaro. It's fine. Yeah. Sort it out. We'll sort it out later. LT, what do you get out the back of the long box? Uh, I've got Judge Dread America by John Wagner and Colin McNeil. It's a story of uh, Judge Dread, and uh, it follows the story of two people growing up in Mega City One. A little girl named America and 
uh, a friend of hers named Beanie Bots or something like that. Uh, and how America is trying to change the system because she feels the judges have too much power and the the election system isn't isn't really representing the people and she becomes a radical terrorist because of it and her friend is in love with her and it's all about how they uh, are trying to change the system and how that doesn't really work out because she becomes a terrorist instead of because she can't get any legal traction to change the system since people don't really vote in Mega City One and the votes aren't really counted. Um, and the system is corrupt and the judges hold too much power. And it's a it's a very interesting story. It holds a lot of parallels to, you know, political system in America and how uh, you know, a lot of people choose not to vote because they don't feel their vote counts and things like that. And it was written in the 90s, but still kind of holds a little true now. I'm surprised you didn't talk about American flag. You know, I, American flag, um, it, it really doesn't have a lot to do with patriotism. American flag uh, is more about corporations and how corporations take over everything. So, I mean, Rick Flag is... He's a ranger, um, but everything is more controlled about by by the corporations. So he isn't really a patriot so much. As a storyline. Well, I mean, he is, you know, he is working within the system, but at the same time, he's trying to subvert the system because he also kind of runs a uh, uh, an illegal sort of um, uh, broadcasting network that he kind of takes control of in the storyline. So he's trying to subvert the system at the same time he's working within the system. But also the system's heavily heavily controlled by corporations at that point. And there's absolutely no hidden anything about the fact that the, the system is completely uh, corrupted by corporations and money. And like votes really are are not worth much in that system because everything's bought and paid for by the corporations. But even even on that in that system, like corporations are even influencing things by having um, control of things through uh, through what people are watching in terms of. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, I want to say hypnotic uh, effects, but what do you call it? Subliminal messaging and, um, you know, and being controlled by what they eat and, and, and drugs in their food and stuff like that. They're being controlled on multiple levels. Wow. wow. So Maybe one day you trying, will talk about so American flag. control. <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, you kind of went off there, JLT, and that's usually Josh's thing. Josh, um, they usually Josh's tangent. <laughs> Josh, you got a tangent for us? Yeah. So uh, some of the heroes we've been talking about have have given up some of their autonomy or choice for their. Uh, powers that be so the question is given the choice to become a superhero your chosen power set how much autonomy are you willing to give up to become a superhero I don't know, I'll try that's, a that's a great question, Josh. That, that, that's one that takes a couple of minutes to think about because, like, I'm very. The problem is, give, we feel like giving up our autonomy would make us less of a hero. Well, a lot of them are, right? Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times, doing the right thing. I mean, this you is know, what does the basis surrender of civil... part of who we are. This is the basis of civil war we're talking about here. So, 
you're kind of talking about what side of civil war will we end up on? Like, do we register with the United States government and become, you know, part of the government or, or do we, you know, remain anonymous vigilante hunters? And I, I am, I hope that I would stay true to myself and go with complete autonomy. Even that meant no powers. But sure, there, there, but there's also people who combine with other people. They're gestalts, right? Where you're losing your autonomy, but not to a system, but to the power itself. I'm going to call I mean, bullshit on like... that. You joined the fucking army. You did join uh, the army, Dave. And uh, so they're like, sure. now would you join the army today? I no, army probably today? not. To get superpowers? Yeah, I would. <laughs> 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 I got a pretty good life, guys. I love you seen my life. But it's not bad. Um I really don't think I would at this point in my life. And if I could go back in time and warn seventeen, eighteen year old Tom, actually I I like where I am right now, so I probably wouldn't warn myself off from it, but uh yeah. We don't mess with time travel around here. That's right. We know that never works. <laughs> That's a superpower. Never works. <laughs> well, that means you have no autonomy, Mike. As soon as, you choose, as soon as you choose time travel, you are beholden to another god. Ugh. Sorry. You're beholden to continually buying lottery tickets. Ah. <laughs> I'm already beholden to that god. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gonna have a retirement plan. How can I? What about you, LT? Uh, that's a tough choice because uh, you know we, we see what fame does, and having superpowers certainly would be the equivalent of becoming like a famous person, right? Because I mean, as soon as you can do something, you would become famous, uh, and so you know. Hopefully, we'd be. Hopefully, I'd be intelligent and mature enough to be able to handle it. But at the same time, I like my privacy. So I don't know. I think I'd have to choose a superpower carefully because I wouldn't want time travel. <laughs> That's definitely not time travel because I know how that goes. But um. No, I mean at this point, I uh, I've autonomized my life enough. I would take a uh, a fairly restrictive path for superpowers because fucking love superheroes. I mean, I could use me some better health. So I mean, are we talking some healing factor too? <laughs> Just saying. Alrighty, Tom, you got a three to eighteen for us. Um, but, 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 do I? Three to eight. Uh, no, no, I don't have one. Yeah. Sorry. Wish I had one. Don't have one. Well, I would like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check him out at KirbyCrackleMusic.com. And by the time you're listening to this, you're too late. We've already too been late. to Awesome Con. Or maybe we haven't. I don't know. It all depends on when I get around to putting out this episode. Uh, but if you are around on June 4th in Washington, D.C., you can come by, uh, check out the Long Box guys. We're going to be doing horrible, horrible, horrible stereotypes in comic books in room 204 at 745 p.m. So come on and buy and visit us. We got some great guests who are going to be with us. Tom, you want to talk about them? Uh, sure, we have uh, two. Uh, we have Sasha Copeland who's going to be coming. She's getting her dissertation done in comic book history. Her specialty is um, women represented in comic books and Jewish characters represented in comic books. She's hilarious. We also have another person uh, joining us. Her name is uh, I'm going to get her name wrong, but I believe it's pronounced Rala Queen, and she is a uh, part of the staff at Awesome Con, and she will be helping us out uh, talking about. Uh, how stereotypes have affected her and how she sees herself in comic books themselves as a, a woman of color. 
it'll be fun to have her insight into, you know, how the comic book culture and nerd culture have, uh, you know, been part of her life since she was a little girl. Cool. Do you want me to hopefully talk about somebody LT2? Talking, hopefully somebody will be talking about slapping a Jap. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Well, I haven't seen the PowerPoint I mean, yet. That's the part I usually talk about is the World War II stuff. Yeah, that's okay. JB is going to be taking care of all that. Don't you worry about that, LT. We've replaced oh. you. I mean, yeah. we have somebody to take your spot. No, no, that, that, actually, that's exactly that's what I meant. Yeah, right, we, yeah, we replaced you. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Is there anybody you would like to thank, LT? I would like to thank GeekOrthodox.com. 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 Hello, Tammy. GeekOrthodox.com. Purveyor of fine stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, socks. You name it, they got it. They got everything but T-shirts. If you want T-shirts, you got to go to IanLino.com. GeekOrthodox.com. Josh, yeah, you want to plug? Uh, yeah, my local comic shop, Great Stories, uh, in Whitensville, Massachusetts. And since it's Memorial Day, I would just like to say hello to the hopefully resting well spirit of my brother-in-law, Chief Warrant Officer for Christian McCoy. Oh, wait, Christian? Yeah, not Christine. Not Christine. <laughs> Christian, according okay, to, good. According to the Army. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, rest uh in peace, Josh brother. yeah rest in peace my friend Josh went to the war memorial and they saw that they actually misspelled his name and um he would think that's hilarious I like to believe he would think that's hilarious Mike anything else yep that's it for me all right uh, um well I guess that brings us to the very end of this podcast Josh Washington, D.C. in just about five, six days. Is that your sector? Washington, D.C. will be our sector. And LT, I'm sorry you're not going to be able to come with us, but do you get any last words of wisdom for us? It looks like i got to wait a little longer to get my fourth shot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mikey, sweet, sweet Mikey, what's this podcast like to you? It's like drunk history, but for comics. And don't forget what I always say. Don't just what you hate. Just promote what you love. You live longer. Thank you so much for the long box, guys. On the road.